What is good, everybody? Welcome to DJ Football here on the SB Nation NFL show. A reminder before we go any further that this show is presented to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As noted, this is DJ Football on the SB Nation NFL show. Make sure you subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating, write a review. If you want to watch, if you're that obsessive of a fan, well, maybe chill out a little bit. But if you want to do so, you can do so on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel where you can see my face. I am RJ Ochoa from Blog of the Boys. His face, Brandon Lee Gatton from Bleeding Green Nation. And his face, Steven Serta from Arrowhead Pride. Steven, we had a big Chipotle conversation before we started streaming. Um, you did not tell us your preferred protein in your bowl or burrito of choice. So I would like to know that. I usually go steak, but sometimes I go carnitas if I feel like changing it up. Those are usually my go-tos, though. So nobody's a chicken fan around here because you you weren't, Brandon, from what you described. Yeah, I typically go carnitas or barbacoa or maybe both if I'm feeling crazy. Uh, not as much into the other options. Mm. What a shame. Uh, it is Friday, September 22nd. We have uh, another riveting Thursday night football game to discuss. Of course, we're going to do that. We will do our pick three segment, obviously, which is presented by our friends at DraftKings. We'll discuss our locks of the week, our same game parlay. The game in question as a bit of a preview is going to be the Chicago Bears visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. Perhaps the worst vibes in the world uh, coming into Arrowhead. On Sunday, Stephen, I know you can give us a, a bit more information on that from the Chiefs side of things. And then we'll, of course, discuss all of the games uh, that are going to come throughout the course of week three. We already have two weeks and one game under our belt. I think that's 33 games worth of material. But the latest, of course, a 30-12 to 12 win for the San Francisco 49ers against the New York still bad at football Giants. Uh, Stephen, your immediate takeaways from this game, because it was pretty boring. Um, the Giants have no reliable pass catchers, and that includes Darren Waller. And I feel bad for doubting the 49ers because they are absolutely dominant and they are one of the most fun teams in the NFL to watch. Brandon, I think from a money line perspective, I mean, that game was, and even really, I could say, I, I if we were recording before Thursday night, I would have been very tempted to take the 49ers as my lock of the week. Of course, it doesn't work like that here uh, as we're doing the reaction. But yeah, I mean, this was never a question. I mean, the Giants were staring one and two in the face um, heading into San Francisco, not really San Francisco. Where do they play? San Jose. Santa Clara. Santa Clara, wherever. This week, um, I did see a tweet from someone who covers the Giants. I won't say their name, but uh, it is kind of funny to me because it's like a prominent person. Uh, the Giants are down 30 to 12, and this sounds crazy to say, but this has been an encouraging performance, oh. relatively speaking. <laughs> this team might be able to develop into something after all, despite such a brutal start to the year. They competed on a short week. No moral victories, but didn't back down either. I How mean, did they compete? come on. Because yeah. Matt Breida got a touchdown. They didn't even cover the spread. Um, this is really embarrassing. And um, Stephen, uh, I know you frauds have the AFC West mixtape um, that you were so jealous of the NFC's mixtape. You know they had to make it. But something that Brandon and I have said, I mean, it's, it's hard to not talk about the Niners here. But like some, something we've talked about is the Giants had such an amazing first year as a part of their rebuild, and I think that that you know thwarted expectations it, it, it created irrational expectations like they're still rebuilding like this is I, I I don't mean to say normal but like if you're going up against maybe the best team in the NFL you should not look that good 
Um, but but because of the the success that the Giants had last year, I do think that Giants fans have have lost patience. They 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 had a taste and and they want more. And so now everybody is kind of you know either irrational, like the tweet that that Brandon read, or ready to kind of bring out the pitchforks. Yeah, I mean, we know exactly who Daniel Jones is at this point. Like, I, I understand last season was like the best season of his career, and he finally has this consistent, offensive-minded head coach who who is finally like putting him in a position to succeed more. That's great, but at the end of the day, we know exactly who he is as a player, and he shows it on a weekly basis. Like, he's going to have these monster weeks like he had last week where he goes off in the second half, and he can have those kinds of weeks against inferior teams, but when he plays elite NFL teams, especially in primetime, we see exactly who Daniel Jones is. Like, Kirk Cousins has the primetime moniker thing, but, like, Kirk Cousins is a better, more consistent quarterback than yet than Daniel Jones has ever been in his entire NFL career. And the Giants gave him all that money because they were like, well, we're we're, we're making progress here, and we feel like he can take another step, and... I don't think there's another step to take for Daniel Jones. I think this is exactly who he is. And we've known that for a long time now. Brandon, the giants entered Thursday night without a sack or a turnover through two weeks of the season. They still don't have a turnover. So three games in, not a single turnover generated by the mighty wink Martindale defense. Um, they did get their first sack. Kayvon Thibodeau had it and had a celebration as if it was like his 15th one of the year. Um, that, that's the thing. Like they're so ready to like crown themselves over nothing. Some of that's bad luck, I'm sure. But part of it speaks to a lack of playmakers. Who do you really fear on that team? Like we, that's a question I think we talk about a lot on the mixtape RJ going back to last season since Sunday, October 30th, the day before Halloween mischief night in some areas of the country, some areas of the country apparently don't have a name for that. Uh, according to maps, I've I've never heard that before. Yeah, see, have you ever you heard go. that, Stephen? No. Okay, there yeah. you go. Well, <laughs> okay, so it's this thing, thing Brandon made up. Okay, <laughs> it's not. Uh, since Sunday, October thirtieth, the Giants have won just four football games. Four, like for a while now, almost. You know, we're recording this on September twenty second. Like eleven months, basically, where the Giants have won. Well, obviously this off season, but like it's been a while. Is the point? Like that. There's a lot of that early season stretch from last season that did like the heavy lifting in terms of a positive perception for the Giants. The reality is the Giants have not been a very good football team for a very long time. Well, an extended stretch uh, since that beginning of last year. And I don't know that they're necessarily definitely headed in the right direction. It could be a progress isn't linear kind of thing, but it could also be what if this is like the Ben McAdoo season last year all over again, where the Giants have this one-off good year that doesn't really amount to much and they mistakenly think it's the sign of a bright future. They re-sign everyone, and let's be fair, the Giants were missing some key players in this game. No Saquon Barkley, no Andrew Thomas, um, but still, even admittedly do so. They, do from, they make up 18 points, though? You know what I mean? Like that's Well, I'm getting know, to that. Um, Big Blue View's own Ed Valentine admitted that. He said, like, that's not going to make a difference. Like, Is the game more competitive, closer? Maybe. Does the, do the Giants win that game if those guys are all there? He said no. So, you know, you even have a, a Giants fan admitting that. And I think that's the reality. I mean, the big question this year for the Giants was, could they close the gap in terms of being able to hang with the big boys? And so far, um, no. And they might actually be a lot worse than everyone expected. Steven, just... uh, before we get to the well, the, before we get to the Niners side, the next three or four weeks for the Giants, um, 
Seattle on Monday Night Football. So we get to watch this team on primetime again. Where's that? And unlike unlike this week and last week, it will be the only Monday Night game. So the one we finally get like liberated from this double you know trap is the Giants, whatever. Uh, but Giants, Seahawks, and then at Miami, at, at Buffalo, um, and then against Washington, who I think we're all you know, ready and willing to believe in more in the division than the Giants at this point. Yeah, it's just offensively, the Giants, it's Saquon. And then it's kind of similar to the Bills, I guess, where it's like they brought in Darren Waller and everybody was like, oh, they're giving Daniel Jones weapons. Look out, NFL. And it's like, it's a tight end who hasn't been able to stay on the field for two years now. And he's already banged up and he's got this hamstring issue that they're like, well, it's actually like more of a nerve thing than like a muscle pull thing. That doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound like it's going away. And Darren Waller hasn't really done much to change the offense. And they've got all these different pass catchers, but nobody who's a reliable playmaker in the passing game. And if you want to be c- competitive, especially in that division with the Cowboys and with the Eagles and now Washington's offense looking like it, it's t- making some strides, like, you have to be able to pass the ball. You have to be able to put up points. And if Saquon's not on the field and they can't feed the entire offense through Saquon, Daniel Jones has to step up and they don't have anybody who's reliable for Daniel Jones. So just offensively, it's going to be rough this season for the Giants and they're going to have some explosive performances, but they look exactly like the same team they were last year. Real quick, um, last thing on uh, the Giants. I know we should probably get into praising the 49ers as well, but Darren Waller is also, he turned 31 this month, or is going to be 32. Um, he, his birthday is September 30. He turned 31 like a week ago or so. Like, that's not someone for Daniel Jones to necessarily even grow with. You know, like when the Eagles went out and got A.J. Brown last year, he was like 24. That's someone who's going to be there for his career. Um, Tyreek Hill is still, I think, 29. So the Dolphins got him at what when he was twenty eight? Like that's a guy that to a like they can be together and grow together to some extent. Daniel Jones is not growing. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. To your point, yeah, like, like these are players like, yeah. like who can be married together for seasons. How long does Darren Waller have left? Even in like the best case scenario, like I just I, I don't know about that. Um, no targets for Jalen Hyatt. That's the dude who like we're really. Ex- I mean, I understand he's more of a deep thread and you need time for that to kind of you know develop, but like like that's the thing like you can't just rely on these parlor tricks and hope that they're going to work out you know whatever but uh you mentioned it brandon praising the niners um bit of a sluggish start i think maybe that was just the thursday night you know part of this like you know that's a really common theme um brock purdy ultimately put together a really nice night steven uh hit debo samuel for the late touchdown george kittle had a kind of a quiet night although played some db early on they are just a machine like they, they will outlast you and you know at a certain point they'll break a game open and they look as dangerous as ever and brock purdy wasn't perfect like he wound up with a solid stat line but he was kind of off early in the game and was missing a lot of throws and kind of putting a couple of times put debo and kittle in bad situations early in that football game but the 49ers are just so much more talented. And we saw it last night, like, just get the ball to Debo and he'll do the rest. Just get the ball to Kittle and they'll do the rest. Get the ball to Christian McCaffrey and they'll do the rest. And they're just, man, I, I, I don't understand how you stop them offensively. Because even when it was like three to three at the end of the first quarter, it was a slow start and the 49ers were struggling a little bit. As soon as those guys get going, it's just inevitable that they're going to put up 30 points and there's nothing you can really do about it. Yeah, I mean they're a well-oiled Brandon, machine. And, well, next they get the Cardinals. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like they're with a week and a half to rest. I mean, like they, it's like 
I don't know when the, the Brock Purdy thing, like, I don't even know what to call the thing, but like, I don't know when it ends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we've actually never seen it end. The only, the only like poor game they've had in the Brock Purdy era was when he was injured. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's mm-hmm. with, like, at some point it has to, unless it just is like a forever thing at this point. Unless it doesn't. Yeah. I think it's kind of a similar spot for the 49ers and the Cowboys right now, where it's like, okay, we know they're, it's, we're not learning anything. I said that on the mixtape to you, RJ, about the Cowboys. We're not learning anything. We both we all expected these teams to be with the Eagles as the top teams in the NFC, some of the best in the NFL. Certainly, I think we all had our doubts about the 49ers, and we've taken the L on that. Um, but uh, now it's the question of just seeing them go up. Well, they, and then thankfully we're going to get to see those two teams play against each other. So that will be certainly, I think, telling when it comes to uh, how they do in the premier matchups. But basically, until then, it's just kind of like, yeah, they're going to be able to take care of business. It's not really that exciting. They're really good. Um, it's almost wake me up when the big time primetime game is on. Um, everyone go check out the Gold Standard Network. Our buddy Rob Statsgrad did a great job of um, covering this game in the lead up to it and obviously in the aftermath and does a great job covering the Niners all the time. Um, the Niners, are they the best team in the NFL, Stephen? Yes or no? You don't have yes. to say who it is if it isn't them. But so yes or no? Yes. Okay. BLG. I mean, I would put the, I already said, I'd put the Cowboys ahead of, uh, at the top of my power rankings right now. But I, you know, I think it's, they're on a similar tier. It's, it feels like, I want to say a Brady Manning thing. Like, it's not my comparison, but it's like some weeks I think one's going to be one, one's going to, you know, and like we have other teams that are going to kind of float there, but yeah. like they're in the the weekly conversation for best team. In the also, league. in that specific matchup, I mean, the 49ers have had the Cowboys number. So, right. it's, it, it, it was the Cowboys before the Trayvon Diggs injury. Sure, right. that's fair. We'll obviously talk about that as we get there. Okay, uh, Niners blast the Giants 30-12. to 12. Uh, Tough week and a half for the Giants. Um, you know, it, that's also like everyone's trying to diagnose. I know we talked about this, Brandon, like whether Brian Dable is calling plays. Like they also have these really awkward, uncomfortable things going on with them. Just shame. Hate to see it. Pick me. One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, let's get to um, let's do our pick three segment, which is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you are new around here, what the hell took you so long to get here? Uh, but every week we pick a game. We each pick a leg for a same game parlay. Again, with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, we've been doing this for over a year now. We have yet to hit. Uh, it's really embarrassing at this point. Uh, last week, we did Sunday Night Football. Um, none of us hit on any. Uh, so for the season, Brandon, you and I um, both have a goose egg. We haven't even hit a single leg. But, Stephen, mm. you did in the season opener uh, with the Cowboys and the Giants, which was the game that we took. This week, we're doing the Chicago Bears at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bears are 12.5-point underdogs um, on the road, perhaps rightful. I think uh, perhaps isn't a strong enough word. Definitely rightfully so. Uh, but that being said, Stephen, you have the honors because you're the only one who's gotten one of these right. What is your leg this week? I think the Kansas City Chiefs offense is going to get going this week. If they can't, then I'm really worried about the Chiefs offense. But the Bears secondary is one of the absolute worst in the NFL. I think Patrick Mahomes is finally going to turn it on and connect to some of these wide receivers. So I've got Patrick Mahomes. 300 plus alternate passing yards plus 130 this week. I Baker Mayfield threw for 300 yards against this team last week. Patrick Mahomes can throw for 300 yards. My only reservation would be, I don't know that that'll be necessary. You know what I mean? Like, um, 
you know, they might get out to an early lead and kind of cruise control. But for our sake, I certainly hope you're right, Stephen. Uh, Brandon, what are you doing and why? I think it's embarrassing how right I have been about Justin Fields, just to, 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 to the degree. I see. Yeah. Um, so I am going to continue to lean into fading Justin Fields, who, shocker, has not been good. And also, part of the reason why I've never believed in him is the big loser energy signs I've seen over the years, and that's only being more and more confirmed with what's going on in Chicago and the locker room and whatnot. It's not I mean, the media taking it out of context when you literally say coaching is to blame. This isn't a court. diatribe on Justin Fields. It's, it's your it leg is. of the parlay. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but it, it ties into what I'm going on. Like It's directly connected to why I'm saying this is a good leg for you to feel good about. And it is taking the Bears under when it comes to 21 and a half points scored. I think we need to give some credit here to the Chiefs defense, which has only allowed 23 points. There was obviously the pick six in week one. That doesn't count against them uh, through two games against the Lions and the Jags. Like those are like not like, you know, those aren't like, oh, whatever offenses. Like those are some nice offenses, at least in theory there. Um, And one of those games was without Chris Jones, who is still really good. According to Pro Football Focus, he had six total pressures and sacked Trevor Lawrence twice in week two. So you have Chris Jones here. He was going up against a quarterback who will turn the ball over and who will take sacks. I think the Chiefs will be able to clamp down that Bears offense and keep them to 21 at the very most. Um, They have hit the under on that in both games this season. Everybody loves to talk about week seven of last year, which is kind of when they they took the reins off of him, if you want to call it that. Um, Do either of you know, since week seven of last year, how many times the Bears have scored what would be 22 points, which would be the over, which would mean you lose, Brandon. Anybody want to guess? Four times. Brandon. I want to say three times. It's five. Um, mm. So a little bit more than either of you anticipated. But I, th- I think like the the Mandela effect from people is like, oh, it's got to be like eight or nine times. You know what I'm saying? Like it could, because he had such this great like fantasy season. It was a lot of, you know, high performance things, but not necessarily points for the team. So uh, very strong leg for you, Brandon. I have been really bad at this historically. I mean, we all have, uh, but I was the worst at this last year. I'm all about low-hanging fruit this week. Like, I, I, we really – this is embarrassing as well. Like, we are the bears of this. Um, I hate to, you know, do that to us, Brandon. But um, So I'm taking Travis Kelsey as an anytime score. I agree with you, Stephen. I totally see the Chiefs offense getting right. If it's going to happen, he doesn't have a touchdown at Arrowhead this year, obviously. He's got to get one whatever Taylor Swift stuff, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I I'm kind of exhausted with trying to keep up with the story that has nothing to do with my pick, uh, but minus 180 for Travis Kelsey. That's the easiest possible money here. Our total overall same game parlay comes out to plus 390, which means Brandon, if you bet $10, you would win $39. Look at that. We're here to make you a $29 profit. What would you buy with well, $29? It's a 30. It's a $39. Profit. What would you, I'm sorry. What would you buy with $39? Steve? <laughs> uh probably some beer nice okay i was gonna say chipotle given what we talked about early in the show you know, yeah not whatever. a sponsor uh yeah um it could be St- steven went with the like classic 90s uh non-sponsored that's... beer like walking up to the bar could i get two beers uh like that's what <laughs> people just, order at a bar i just feel like 39 dollars is the perfect sum to go to the liquor store and like buy a nice haul of beer Okay. Well, if you're getting at the liquor store, I think you're doing this wrong. But whatever. Anyway, uh, that is our same game parlay. Thanks to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's move on. It is now time to preview all of the week three games. Uh, A few rules around here if you are new. Once again, wow, really offended that you have not been listening this entire time. Uh, We each hold one zap, which means if Brandon gets zapped as an example, he cannot offer any insight or analysis. That is the sound you will hear on the game in question. He can only offer a pick. Uh, in terms of who he's picking in that particular game. We cannot be zapped in terms of the teams that we cover. That would be the Dallas Cowboys for me, the Philadelphia Eagles for Brandon, or the Kansas City Chiefs for Steven. Uh, We also will each pick a game as our lock of the week. Uh, Mm -hmm. So far, through two games of the season, Brandon, you are 2-0. Steven, you are 2-0. I am 0-2. So uh, if anyone (laughs) is listening, maybe trust their opinion a little bit more than mine. Let's go ahead and start with the Denver Broncos visiting the Miami Dolphins. Steven, the vibes are... Pretty bad with Denver right now. Um, it's almost like Sean Payton's a little bit overrated. And uh, Russell Wilson kind of washed. Uh, meanwhile, the Dolphins kind of finding their groove. Got a big-time win last week in primetime. I think I know which direction we are all leading. Yeah, I'm going to take the Dolphins and take the points. Um, I, I mean, offensively, they've just been spectacular so far this season. And I don't know how you stop Tyreek Hill at this point. Like he's just faster than everybody else. There's nothing you can do. He's always open and Denver's defense, which I thought was going to be a little bit better has been kind of a disappointment too. And I thought the defense would have a better job of like keeping them in games. And then, you know, this week, Sean Payton uh, always going to throw his quarterback under the bus or anybody under the bus, any chance he gets, he's like, yeah, we got to dumb down the offense because Russell's struggling to get plays in after he took that shot at Nathaniel Hackett last season. So it, the Broncos just, they, they look like the team we thought they were going to be like Russell Wilson is at the back end of his career and he is who he is. And Sean Payton's not going to be able to turn him into Drew Brees, no matter how much he tries to force it. So Miami easy in this one. Yeah. I think the 2023 Broncos look a lot like the 2022 Broncos even though there have been coaching changes almost makes you wonder if the talent is a big factor. I think I've had a weird experience with the Tua stuff in terms of was never like the biggest Tua guy. I was actually a pretty big Tua skeptic. And then somewhere along the way, I just, I think I became a believer. I don't know that I'm a leader. That, that's when that was. was I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I didn't want to have to bring it up anyway. Uh, I'm not saying I'm the leader of Tuanon all of a sudden, but like I believe in Tua. I think he's really good. And obviously, I mean, I believe in him more with Tyree Hill being there. That's certainly a huge factor. But, but um, so I have a confidence level there. In addition, this is the Vic Fangio revenge game because, you know, he's the Dolphins mm. defensive coordinator now going against his old team uh, in the Broncos. And I could see him, you know, being a little bit extra juiced for this game. 
And yeah, so I'm going to take the Dolphins and I feel good about it. I don't know that we said the line. Um, it is six and a half, obviously, um, in favor of the Miami Dolphins. Um, so um, it sounds like you're willing to lay those points as well, Brandon. Also, yep. the Bradley Chubb revenge game, if you want to call it revenge. Sure. I mean, I, I think he's probably happy with the way things worked out. Um, yeah, uh, Tua, you know, we're early on in the season, obviously, but by a lot of efficiency metrics and measurements, um, is playing like one of the best quarterbacks on the NFL right now. So it's really difficult to bet against them. I have come around on being annoyed at Mike McDaniel. Um, I was one of those people. I'm just, I'm going to embrace it. Like they're, they're a good team. They're fun. I'm enjoying them. I have no ill will against the, the Dolphins. So why not? Uh, plus the Broncos kind of stink. Uh, so we're all on the Miami train. Good for us. Uh, Brandon, the Buffalo Bills visiting the Washington Commanders. The Bills also six and a half point favorites, but on the road as opposed to at home. Buffalo had a true classic get right game last week against the Raiders. Washington 2-0. Uh, so a lot of people starting to kind of buy into them. They are undefeated in the Josh Harris ownership era. Mm -hmm. Undefeated, uh, but not impressive. I would say I, they've done nothing to move the needle. They've done nothing to earn the benefit of the doubt. They... Didn't even cover against the Cardinals at home in week one. And then they just managed to avoid losing in week two to the Broncos. I think that the the volatility of Josh Allen was a little scary when it comes to the spread with this. But he got hot last week. I think he's going to stay hot. And I think the Bills cruise here and they cover. I agree with BLG. Um, uh, Buffalo is just the superior team. And... The Bills generally take care of business uh, against worse teams. And so I, I think that Buffalo is going to be able to score in this week. Like we did, we did just trash the Broncos and we saw them put up a bunch of points against the commanders. I know they had that fluky Hail Mary, but like their defense isn't particularly good. Eric B and what they're doing offensively is a fun storyline across the league, but I just agree with BLG. Like the commanders haven't done anything to be overly impressive. I think they've beaten bat two bad teams, and so for a team that's trying to improve and see what they have in Sam Howell, that's what you want to see from them. But Buffalo is just the far superior team. So I'll take them and take the points. Yeah, I think everything you both said is really fair and reasoned. Um, I agree, Brandon, that it's difficult to trust Josh Allen with a big spread because he is so polarizing in so many ways. Uh, but this is this is going according to script for the Bills. Get the 2 and one get above 500, feel yourselves a little bit. And then have the Dolphins come to town next week and humble you. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, this is going according to plan. Let's move on. Um, the old Baltimore showdown. I don't know if there's really like bad blood here, uh, Stephen, but the Indianapolis Colts are visiting the Ravens. Again, formerly the Baltimore Colts. They left in the middle of the night. Oh, my gosh. It was so dramatic. Uh, the Ravens are eight-point favorites at home, looking like one of the best teams in the NFL right now, looking like Todd Monken's offense is really translating. Um, obviously, the Colts are in a bit of a pickle with Anthony Richardson and things like that. Got to a win last week against a struggling Texans team that some idiot around here picked to win the AFC South, whatever. Uh, we're all allowed uh, a moment of weakness. But that being said, where are you going, Steve? I'm going to go with Baltimore here. Um, I would be a little skeptical about taking the points, but I'm I I'm really worried that Anthony Richardson's not going to be available in this thing. He's dealing with yeah. the concussion right now, has not practiced all week. Um, so it could be Gardner Minshew and I, I just, I, I really like what Anthony Richardson has done through the first two weeks, but with his status being so up in the air, I'm going to take Baltimore and take the points. I just think that we're seeing a new version of Lamar that is really working and it hasn't been like, they, they haven't been crazy explosive or anything like that. They haven't been putting up a lot of points, 
but they're still figuring things out. And, and there's enough there offensively with how Lamar is playing right now that I'm really intrigued by the Ravens. And I think that they're kind of being downplayed right now because everybody assumes Cincinnati is going to get it figured out. But the Bengals look bad through two weeks. Joe Burrow's obviously not healthy and Baltimore looks really good. They look sound defensively. And I think that offense is going to continue to go up as the season goes on. So I really like what the Ravens have done through two weeks. Brandon, you notoriously hate Lamar Jackson and don't think he's talented That's in not any true. way, shape, or form. It's not true. Um, but um, to set you up, I'm going to go with Steven. I'm taking the Ravens. Um, I, I'm willing to give the Colts a little bit of credit here. Like, I've, I've allowed the Colts wow. to exist again. No, I mean, like... I believe in in the the future of this project and Shane Steichen mm. and Anthony Richardson, um, I, like believe in it being tenable. You know what I mean? Not not like believe with a capital B or anything like that. But that being said, I, I mean Baltimore just looks really great, and it looks like they finally started to take themselves seriously with Lamar Jackson and take his talent seriously and understand how to really kind of make things work. Plus, Zay Flowers just looks incredible. He looks really good. I mean, like, and, and even the Odell thing's kind of working out. Like the vibes. You love the that word. Uh, they are really, really strong with the Ravens right now. I saw Gardner Minshew play for the Eagles last year. They're very talented cast, and I think he underperformed relative to expectation. Couldn't, couldn't take care of the ball. I have a hard time placing trust in him here. I think the Raver, Ravens win and the Ravens cover. I would have been a lot more interested to see, obviously, Anthony Richardson be able to play in this game. Mm. Uh, if he was right, playing, so, I would I would take the Colts with the points. But um, this is yeah, I agree with that. But I don't know that the line would be this. Um, well, yeah, it might be like I don't know six, six and a half. Yeah, I would still take the points. Um, all right, uh, so clean sweep so far. Super boring show. Uh, the Houston Texans visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Steven C.J. Stroud kind of looks like um, maybe the guy. I mean, like mm-hmm. right, like you know, Anthony Richardson. You know, right now it's hard to really evaluate because of the injury. Bryce Young also, you know, dealing with an injury at this point, but hasn't exactly inspired. But I think this is kind of like um, BLG and I have said this about Jalen Hyatt before. People, I think, are kind of like, oh, well, CJ Stroud was really good in college. Like, maybe he's going to be really good in the NFL. And Brandon made the point earlier about players you can learn and grow and develop with. This entire Texans nucleus is going to lose a lot of games, but they're going to grow and develop and learn a lot together. And that's a lot of fun to watch. But the Jaguars are also really good. Yeah, and the Jags are coming off of a nine-point performance against the Chiefs uh, in this division game when the Texans' offensive line is totally falling apart through two weeks. And CJ Stroud has looked good. And he's been really impressive through two games. But... I just think Jacksonville it needs a strong performance after being down last week and losing at home to the Chiefs. And I just don't think the Texans have enough, even though CJ Stroud, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, all those guys look great. They're fun to watch. They lost Derek Stingley this week. And Jacksonville offensively, I think it's just going to be too much with Calvin Ridley, Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk. Zay Jones, questionable in this game, but I'm still taking Jacksonville and the points. Yeah, I don't think the Texans have earned the benefit of the doubt, which I phrase I use a lot. I think they're just not talented enough. Like, there's not good enough talent on the roster, especially relative to the Jags, so I think have the edge in that department. Um, I like D'Amico Ryans a lot, but I just don't think it's really uh, instant results there for the Texans, who, by the way, um, believe it, even you would think they are um, young and growing together. They actually have the third oldest roster. On average. They have like Robert Woods, and you know, I mean, they have some like older veterans like that. But like the the like nucleus of their offensive talent, you know, Damian. But Peters, generally, Big you know, it's, just, it's not John good Mitchie. to be like old and bad. <laughs> it's not that's not the best spot to be in uh, long term. But yeah, so I will not go with the Texans. I'm going to zig a little bit where y'all are zagging. I'll certainly take the Jaguars to win, um, but that's a lot of points. And the Colts had some weird whoops. I'm sorry, the Colts. The Jaguars had some weird whoopsie daisies against the Colts in Week One. 
Um, so eight and a half, um, I think the Jaguars are good. I don't know that I think they're that good yet. Like I'm willing to lay eight points for the Ravens, you know, as a different example. So I'll take the points, take the Texans to cover, but definitely take the Jaguars to win, um, which, you know, whatever. Nice little hedge by me. Uh, Steven, the Atlanta Falcons are 2-0, and one of the more fraudulent 2-0 and teams in the NFL by a lot of people's assertion. Um, they had the badass aerial video of Bijan Robinson this week that everybody kind of fell all over themselves for. Uh, they are visiting the Detroit Lions, and the moment that Dan Campbell lost to the Seattle Seahawks, he said, oh, we got a maybe more talented group coming in this building next week. Um, I don't know that anyone thought that was the gotcha moment for the Lions, uh, but if they were to lose this game, I think the the Boo Birds might start coming out for them. They are three-point favorites, a true home field advantage. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions and take the points here. I'm glad you mentioned how fraudulent the Falcons are at 2-0 because <laughs> Bijan is special and he is great and, and so much fun to watch. I just have no faith in the Falcons at all. And I do mm. think that Detroit is a talented team despite losing last week. So I think they get back in it and probably no David Montgomery this week, but hopefully we see a bigger dose of Jameer Gibbs because he's also a very special running back. So I'd like to see more of him from Detroit, but Detroit's just a much better team. I, I don't care if the Falcons are two and oh. I'm not a Desmond Ritter guy. And I do think the Falcons are. You, you, say, you say this all the time. Like, are there Desmond Ritter guys? Like I would, I'm like the number one, the not Desmond Ritter guy. Yeah. Draft Twitter liked him a lot, or at least certain sections of it. I believe uh, Lions are really banged up, man. They lost CJ GJ for the season. Um, Montgomery, as you said, Steven's banged up. Um, looking at the injury report here. Josh Reynolds is banged up. Amon Ross St. Brown, Big V, um, Kirby Joseph. I mean, they're banged up. And also, uh, Jerry Jacobs was getting cooked last week by Geno Smith. I think that's going to be an issue again here, even though I'm not a big believer in Ritter. I think he played a little bit better than I would have expected in week two. I think the Bijan hype continues to roll here. And I will actually take the points. The Falcons getting three points here. I'll take the points. I see, I think the Lions win, but it's a very close game, and the Falcons cover. I almost historically never do what you just did with a three point line. It's so, it's so like difficult to have a team cover, but lose, you know, three points. It like happened this. for but me last week. Uh, my I know. Hit. Well, and it was one point to that point. I mean, that's uh, against the Falcons though. So mm -hmm. now you're taking them where you, um, you bet against them last week, but um, I'm kind of with Steven. I think the lions are just the better team. I'm, I'm still figuring out how I really feel like everyone's love around them faded. So I'm, I'm, more willing to listen and learn than I was say like three weeks ago. Um, but yeah, like I think the Falcons are going to win some games this year, but it's going to take like the other team underperforming and like some weird, heroic, bold decisions, kind of like exactly what we saw against green Bay last week. So um, I'm not willing to bet on Atlanta personally. Um, let's move on. The new England Patriots, Brandon are visiting mm -hmm. the New York jets. The jets have lost nine games in a row against the New England Patriots, uh, which obviously dates back a long time and includes a, a number of different changes. Uh, this would have been a little bit more fun. I mean, everything would have been, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers. But it is still somewhat sneaky, interesting. I think we're all willing to give the Jets, I want to say, a benefit of the doubt. But last week was so difficult because they were dealing with everything on top of getting prepared for a game. So everything kind of calmed down. Uh, but that being said, uh, being two and a half point favorite or underdogs at home against the Patriots team that hasn't been all too impressive so far this season is a little bit troubling. The last time the Patriots started 0-3, it was Bill Belichick's first season with New England. It just, 
Uh, shocker, the he, New England Patriots haven't been bad in a long time. We didn't know that. Thank you. It just if but it feels crazy to me. Like I can't it's one of those things where I just I have a very hard time envisioning the Patriots being 0-3. Like that just doesn't feel right. And not the biggest Zach Wilson guy either, famously, uh number one, also that, and in, in addition to Desmond Ritter. Um, so I'll go with the Patriots here, uh getting two and a half points. I like them outright in this game, and I'll lean with that. I wanna pick against new england in this game but zach wilson's just so bad and actually like through two games that he's had to step in for aaron Rodgers, he's looked a little bit better but that just speaks (laughs) to how bad he was last season (laughs) like he's been a little bit better like a little bit microscopic bit better than he was last season but he was that bad last season and this just screams a game where you know it's going to be really low scoring but at the end of the day Bill Belichick in his defense is just going to wreck Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson's going to have a bunch of turnovers. The Jets aren't going to be able to score barring like a Brees Hall 80 yard touchdown or a Garrett Wilson slant that goes 70 yards. Like they just can't put up points and the Patriots, uh, especially in these division games, the Patriots always have these weird division games. And so uh, a team that can't score points against a Bill Belichick defense, like I'm going to take the Patriots and the points every time. Yeah, I don't really believe in either of these teams. I was really interested to watch New England last week after what felt like a plucky performance in week one, but it was just kind of underwhelming. Um, I hate to call anything a must-win game. Um, I think there's a like a must-win specific game happening uh, that we'll get to, but um, New England's 0-2, as, as noted, Brandon, mm-hmm. and next week they're in Dallas. And so, like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't. You can't risk, you know, you can technically survive 0-2, or not technically, you can survive 0-2, you can technically survive 0-3. 0-4 is a pretty deep hole uh, to fall into. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I'm really interested to see if the Jets do bring in a different quarterback, if they can stabilize and and sort of resuscitate the second. That's what I'm saying, like, they might be a better team in the second half of this thing, but right now it's just, who can buy in? It's impossible, so. I mean, it's just like their window. I'm just, I'm so I keep thinking, I'm not even a Jets fan. I just, it's all I think about is like the Jets needing to make a move. If I'm a Jets fan, all like, you, you have to make it. a move. You have to make a move. You have to do, you have, you simply must do it. You have to do it. We've talked about Chipotle and Canes and, you know, all sorts of things, <laughs> but this is all you think about. We talked all about the I'm liquor store. About <laughs> when it comes to the NFL, baby, Jets um, need right. to make a move. Um, the true must win game, Steven. The 0-2 Los Angeles Chargers are visiting the 0-2 Minnesota Vikings. These are the two teams that I have locked up this year, and I have failed in both instances. <laughs> the Vikings are one-point favorites at home, uh, so don't even get the kind of classic three-point home field advantage. Almost a true pick em. Um, This really does feel like whoever loses this game is going to get dragged online for a week because they will be the somewhat promising team, c- certainly so in the Chargers' case, that fell to 0-3. It will be a very, very long week for whoever loses this game. If the Chargers lose this game, does Brandon <laughs> Staley get fired like midway through the season? Because starting 0-3 for a team that supposedly has like Super Bowl aspirations, like this team is supposed to be much better. And he's a defensive minded head coach and their defense is awful. Like they cannot stop anybody right now. And they invested in that defense like it was a championship caliber defense. And it is totally falling apart. Khalil Mack is a shell of himself. Joey Bosa is just hurt all the time now. Their secondaries in shambles. Like it, it, it's just really bad for the Chargers. And with all of that being said, I still have a little bit more faith in them offensively to get things done against the Vikings because the Vikings can't stop anybody right now and 
we talked about it with this Minnesota team. Obviously, the one possession win thing wasn't going to be sustainable year over year. It's just not how it works in the NFL. But their defense is really, really bad. And so I do we, we build up these shootout games and I feel like they never actually live up to the hype. This is a game where both defenses are so bad. It could legitimately be like, you know, both teams score 35 plus points in this game. So I am excited to watch it because I think there is going to be a lot of fireworks in this game. But when it, when I have so many questions about both sides, I'm going to lean with Justin Herbert, who I just think is the more talented quarterback and really, really needs to pick up a win because it's the the questions are are starting to get louder and louder about him as a player. So this has got to be a game where he carries his team to a victory. And I think he's capable of doing it against this Vikings team. I cannot give the Chargers the benefit of the doubt. They've just not Let's earned go! So I'm going to take a time to be alive. I think wow. the discourse. Yeah. It was like, Oh, the Vikings last year, way worse than the record indicates. I think they're probably a little bit better than our record indicates right now. I think they're, they played both of these games close. I think they're going to be, this is going to be a close game as well. I, again, I cannot give the Chargers the benefit of the doubt. I will take the Vikings to win. I think that everything, this is, I think all of what you both said is true, um, which is what's so frustrating for each of these fan bases. Um, I think that despite the memedom that the Chargers have kind of lived in for what, like a quarter century at this point in time, um, I think it's newer for some of the kind of players on the team. Like, I don't think they're kind of used to being like a joke. The Vikings are totally used to that, right? Like the Vikings are used to like, so what? Everyone thinks we suck. Like they are completely, especially based off of last year. And I don't, I'm I'm not like a Justin Herbert doubt or anything like that, but their final four possessions last week, I don't think this got enough discussion um, against the Titans when they had the chance to put the game away and then go win it in overtime punt which was a three and out punt, which was only six plays. They went 10 plays and drove down the field and got a field goal, obviously to send it overtime. And then in overtime, three and out and punt and obviously lost the game. Like I'm with you, Steven. Like I would love to see Justin Herbert come in and just like drop one, just be like, yeah, I am that dude, like flex all over them. But like, and I'm totally with you. Like this is completely and totally Brandon Staley's fault. But at some point we have to talk about it also being Justin Herbert's fault as well. Like it can't just be, that Brandon Staley is bad. He is bad, apparently. I believe in Kevin O'Connell more, and I believe that Kirk Cousins can survive the crap storm around him a little bit more than I believe in Justin Herbert being able to do that specific thing right now. I think Justin Herbert's obviously a better player. I'll take the Vikings. I think that they are more built, weirdly, to kind of hang in a game where everyone thinks they're going to lose. But you know what that means, Stephen. You're in the icebox. Yeah, fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the ice box. I know you I didn't hear you when you recorded. Burr, I'm in the ice box when you were like by yourself. I didn't. Steven okay. ripped that uh, from when I pitched the name. Oh, to you okay. Yeah. Uh, well, so how did it I feel when you said it to us the first time? Did it feel good? It felt amazing until I didn't get the payoff that mm. I thought I was going to get. So um that was an appropriate time to debut it for the season i thought so great job being at the ready steven uh speaking of the titans who beat the Chargers, they are in cleveland this week brandon they are three and a half point dogs i don't know why against the browns team that looked atrocious on monday night football vibes are bad obviously and i don't think anyone is upset about that the nick chubb thing is not even what i'm talking about but that is horrible um the browns are not realizing any of the potential that anybody thought they had What's the zap? Who's zapping? I'm zapping. I zap. Oh, sorry. I zap. Who? For, you zap me? Brandon. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wait, why? 
<laughs> no, you don't get to ask why. That's not the way this goes. Because I just think I, we should move past this. Oh, okay. It's not entertaining. Uh, I will take Titans plus three and a half. Titans win. Steven. I will also take the Titans. Uh, it sounds like you should have listened to me when I told you that Deshaun Watson looked like garbage in the preseason because <laughs> he has not been good through the first two weeks of the season. And Tennessee just doesn't. These are the kinds of games they win. It's going to be really ugly and hard to watch, and they'll wind up winning by like six points or something. Yeah, I, this is a good zap, Stephen. Like for the reason you did it, um, I'll take the Titans. I, I really, this is the most inexplicable line of the week to me. Like, why would the Browns be favored? Or, I mean, I understand they're home, but just nah, doesn't make sense. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, the undefeated New Orleans Saints, Brandon, are at Lambeau Field on Sunday. Green Bay getting or giving one and a half points at home. Uh, Saints kind of have some fraud 2-0 energy going with themselves as well. But we talked about this in the preseason, that their schedule really worked out for them to win a lot of games this year. Yeah, Saints haven't exactly scored a lot of style points here. Derek Carr has not really, you know, like been, oh, wow, you know, Derek Carr is such an upgrade over what the Saints have at quarterback last year. He has not been off to a strong start. He's one interception, or sorry, two interceptions, only one touchdown so far through the air. Um, I'm going to take the Packers here who I think have looked impressive they obviously blew the game against the Falcons last week but I think the Packers have looked pretty good this is almost a pick at one and a half the Packers Packers are home I mean the Saints feel due for a loss they don't feel like a three and O team to me I actually like the Packers a lot here I should have made this my lock of the week maybe um, I know they're banged up a little bit which is kind of probably why they're not favored by more and which does Concern me a little bit, but I don't even care. I will take the Packers to win and cover the one and a half. I'm Zap. damn. <laughs> it's also a boring game, Stephen. You inspired me. <laughs> I will pick the Saints and their defense and wow. look out for rookie running back Kendra Miller. Wow, I actually am sad that I use Zap. Can I unzap? Um, I don't nope. know if that's not how it works. Okay, uh, I. Um... I, I agree with BLG, uh, which also puts you back in the icebox, Stephen. Um, I think the Packers are. Um, do you can do it. Steven. Yes. Fun fact about the icebox: winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. Look, lock of the week. Not <laughs> exactly an, so an original segment. Um, you know, an original thing as far as like NFL or sports podcast. Well, we invented but, that, just like we invented but NFT. Nobody games. does the icebox. All right, you want some original quality <laughs> content? The icebox is uh, is a trademark thing here on the SB Nation NFL show. I'm taking the Packers. I agree. I think, you know, they had a, you know, kind of a struggle of an end against Atlanta, but I think that they're the better team right now. I don't even know that I think that Derek Carr is the best quarterback in the division. That's not even like believing in Baker. He just be, has been that like underwhelming. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Steven, uh, this one is for you. The Carolina Panthers are in Seattle this week. Seattle laying six points at home, coming off of a strong offensive showing last week. Um, six points feels like you should take it and run right now because Bryce Young or Bruce Young, as Adam Schefter originally called him, uh, not slated to play. <laughs> yeah, this is actually my lock of the week. Uh, mm. I'm taking Seattle. I'm, I'm taking the points. Bryce Young out. And, you know, I don't think Bryce Young's been as bad as a lot of people are advertising that he has been through two games. I think the Panthers offensive line is bad. I, I think that their skill positions are bad and they just don't have a, a lot of talent around him. Like this is a team that is probably going to be picking high in the draft, but they gave up their first round pick. So they're not going to have that high end draft pick this season. So even with Andy Dalton, I don't know if it's a huge downgrade for them offensively. It's just Seattle. I, I think impressed me a little bit more. I wasn't totally expecting that performance against the lions last week after the way mm -hmm. they looked in week one. And so I, I think the Seahawks offense will keep it moving and the Panthers just don't do anything that, 
makes you excited to watch them. So I, I think Seattle's easy win. I think the Seahawks one of the, had one of the more impressive performances, re, like in regard to having lost both of their starting tackles and the, the replacements, like didn't miss a beat. They looked great. I mean, this, the the C, Seahawks offense was still firing in all cylinders. I thought Geno looked comfortable. I thought he looked good. Um, yeah, I am buying the Seahawks. I am selling the Panthers. Who, I mean, Panthers like crazy that they could be in the mix for the number one overall pick except earning it this time instead of training up for it i don't know like they don't really look too good i will take the seahawks i am certainly not putting any faith in andy dalton seahawks winning cover that's some 2016 right titans energy um after they took mariota to earn the number one overall pick in 2016 and then traded out of it obviously so that would be interesting um seattle in a good spot um you know look it's sometimes things break your way right like you know i don't know to the point maybe the andy dalton panthers are better right now uh, but either way it should be an easy slam dunk win for the seahawks good luck steven and next week as we talked about they're at new york uh, against the giants i mean good opportunity for them to get out to three and one and start to kind of realize the potential a lot of people had for them i'm taking the seahawks too uh easy money here the Dallas Cowboys are visiting the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday afternoon. They are 12 and a half point favorites. Um, I just saw a tweet from DraftKings Sportsbook. 82% of bets and 88% of the handle is on Cowboys at minus 12 and a half against the Cardinals. A lot of people think Dallas is going to roll. Uh, you both talked about it on Thursday. Trayvon Diggs tore his ACL. Uh, just a super unfortunate thing. Obviously out for the season. Uh, the Cowboys plan is to kick Deron Bland to the outside, have Jordan Lewis you know, play slot. Um, the trade for Stefan Gilmore obviously looks all the more important now, Stephen. Um, sometimes injuries happen. It's an unfortunate thing for Trayvon Diggs, who did get a $97 million extension when training camp started. Yeah, it's a huge bummer uh, that that happened. Like, obviously, you don't ever want to root for injuries, but just as a football fan, like an objective football fan who puts fandom aside, like the Cowboys defense looked like it was special, and Trayvon Diggs is a special player. And so for him to get injured at any point, but also this early in the season when they've looked this dominant, it, it, it's just a bummer. But they're still significantly more talented than the Cardinals, who the Cardinals have actually looked better than I think they should through two weeks. So, But uh, again, this isn't going to be a competitive game. It's going to be another Cowboys blowout. They're just going to dominate the Cardinals. There's, I don't think there's anything Arizona can do to keep up with them. And Micah Parsons is just going to be all over Josh Dobbs. So I'll take the Cowboys and I'll take the points, even though it's huge. Especially unfortunate that it's a practice injury. It just feels so cheap. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, robbed. yeah someone tears an AC on the game. Not that it's like cool or better, but like, okay, it happened during a game. Those things happen. But like practice really, like what are they even doing? Like what are they really doing in practice where that would happen? Um, that's unfortunate for the Cowboys for sure. Still think they're going to be very much okay in a lot of ways because, I mean, I think if you're talking about, like, the, the player they could least afford to lose, it would be Micah Parsons. They still have him. That's a really big deal. As you mentioned, they still have Stefan Gilmore. That helps a lot. Um, having both of those guys is, like, a luxury. Having one of those guys is still a really good situation to be in. Cardinals, 2-0 against the spread this year. And 2-0 specifically against NFC's teams as well. I am not going to take them to cover here. I think they're going to get outplayed. There's nothing to real. Why would you bet against Dallas? They have the best point differential in the NFL by twice the amount, at least entering week two. Obviously, the 49ers now have played since then. But entering week two, when all teams only played two games, Cowboys were plus 60. 49ers were in second place at plus 30. Um, Dallas is rolling. I'm not going to count on Josh Jobs and Jonathan Gannon, who has, by the way, blown two fourth quarter leads now this season. Going one in the Super Bowl. Um, uh, yeah, 
give me the Cowboys minus 12 and a half. Um, on the point differential thing, um, I like, I think a lot of people thought like, oh, that has to be like historic. So I looked it up. It's not, it's nowhere close to that. I don't know if either of you would have guessed that just four years ago, the Patriots had a plus 79 point differential through two games. Um, I mean, the week Gilmore two was game wasn't like team. insane. The work week one game was really good, but the week two game like, right. the win over the Jets wasn't like, wow, amazing, incredible. Um, it was just interesting. Like a lot, there was a lot of like, oh, this has to be like a record. And it was like, oh, it's actually like nowhere even relatively close to that. But um, I agree with everything you said. Blowouts. Yeah. Um, I do think that the Cardinals are, I mean, whoa, like I think the Cardinals are tanking, like super original take here. But um, that's what last week against, you know, the Giants kind of felt like. Like the, at some point, like the code red was ordered. Like, okay, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you guys need to be cool with this. Like you're accidentally about to win a game and like potentially cost us like a potentially mm. like franchise changing player. Um, so it feels like everyone has the same objective. Um, I, I agree. 12 and a half is a lot. But I mean, again, there's a lot of reason to believe in the Cowboys in this in this spot. So uh, clean sweep here. Uh, this was our same game parlay. Speak it up. 12 and a half point spreads. The Chiefs are laying that many points at home, Stephen, against the Chicago Bears, who you and I have wanted so desperately to believe in. Um, everyone knows this week, Justin Fields, coaching, blah, 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 all the off the field stuff that happened with the Bears. The vibes are all time. I don't know that vibes have been worse with any team since we've been doing this show than they are with the Bears right now. Um, I think I know where we're all going, um, but nevertheless, what are your thoughts? You mentioned earlier, like uh, during the SGP segment about the Bears, like point totals going back to last season. And mm. Justin Fields said this week, like amidst all the coaching stuff that he has to say F it more and just like make plays. And so yeah. I have to think that, there's going to be some of that this week. Like there's going to be some more design runs. There's going to be some more outside the pocket type of stuff for him just to try to show that the offense has any kind of sign of life because they've been awful through two weeks. But even so the chiefs defense, which is kind of kind of being overlooked right now when you have the Cowboys, the jets, the 49ers all look like special defenses, but the chiefs get Chris Jones back last week. He only plays half of the snaps. But on half of the snaps, mm. he was pressuring Trevor Lawrence like crazy, just absolutely dominating rookie tackle Anton Harrison. And the Chiefs defensive line looked good week one without him uh, against the Detroit Lions, who have a really talented offensive line. So I'm buying into the Chiefs defense. And even if Justin Fields is saying F it more this week and making plays, I think that amounts to like 17 points. And the Chiefs offensively, Patrick Mahomes is going to get it going. You already know, I think he's going to throw up for 300 plus yards. So like, I think the Chiefs are going to easily put up like 30 plus points in this game and the Bears maybe put up like 14 to 17. So I'm taking the Chiefs and the points. I think it'll be uh, the the most dominant win that they've had on both sides of the ball so far this season. And if not, then maybe I'll start worrying about the Chiefs offense. Brandon, I'll leave you the floor for last. Um, let me just say that sometimes, you know, things like this happen in the NFL and then the like team we've been like dragging all week, like kind of shows up and does this like heroic thing. This mm -hmm. is not that like this. This is so bad. I have I have given all the grace to the bears and to Justin Fields. And I want so badly to believe in them. They have to earn this back for me at this point. Um, I sent uh, you all a, a video. Um, it was real. Uh, I benched Justin Fields in my fantasy league of record playing CJ Stroud this week. And I thought about maybe walking it back when the video of Justin Fields and was it Luke Getzee that they'd hugged or whatever and kind of like yeah. poked fun at people. I thought about going and like, I'm like kind of buying into that. No, I can't do it. I'm riding CJ Stroud this week, but I just want nothing like this. This I think this will be like a hammer drop and it will be like, oh, turns out like you really are that bad and everything is still dysfunctional. You know how we kind of poke fun at 
uh, our beloved friend Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride when we say Patrick Mahomes, you know, he just refuses to lose. Right. Justin Fields refuses to win. Oh Bears have not won a game <laughs> since Monday, October 24th of 2022. Elon Musk had not yet bought Twitter at that point. They're the he hadn't, only team. hadn't finalized. That was the well, the, yeah, whatever. The specific you know what I mean. Floating around. So, the, the point accurate. is, it's been a very, very long time since the Bears have won a game. Are they due? I do not think so. I think the Chiefs are gonna be good, as Steven said. Defense is going to create issues for a Bears offense that is not looking good and can't really score anyway. And Patrick Mahomes, I think he's going to be able to put up some points, especially with Travis Kelsey in, th- in theory, at least only getting healthier as he gets further removed from the injury he suffered. And he will hit that uh, anytime touchdown scorer leg that RJ is rooting for. And we're all rooting for it to happen for our same game parlay to hit. Uh, obviously also Steven projecting a big game for Mahomes with his what 300 plus passing yards as well. So yeah, I think this is pretty straightforward. I think the chiefs, if the Bears somehow win this game, it's going to be about the Chiefs losing it more than them winning it. Like the Chiefs can absolutely come into this and screw around and, you know, find a way to, to mess it up or whatever. Um, but I am not going to say that happens. I think they kind of we haven't really seen the, the, the Chiefs be, I feel like, the Chiefs this year. And I feel like we're going to see that here. Stephen, uh, quickly. Uh, it is your lock of the week. Thank you for specifying, Brandon. Uh, locking up the Chiefs. Uh, Steven, just quickly, as somebody who covers the Chiefs every day, on a scale of 1 to 10, how annoying is the Taylor Swift stuff at this point? Um, for me, it's probably <laughs> like a 7. Um, I feel like... because. But I also I'm blaming Travis Kelsey for some of this because he mm. keeps going. I think out we should there. blame it blame him for all of this actually. Because yeah. <laughs> Kelsey, I think he went on McAfee the other day. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of embarrassed about how public it is, but he keeps going places and talking about it. <laughs> His brother's going places and talking about it. It feels like this is the opposite move you would make to try to land Taylor mm. Swift. Like, like she doesn't want this all to be out there in the public. Why are you going on radio shows talking about it? um yeah um uh, what a weird um kind of thing um to exist in our lives um let's move on um i'm not a fan of when we get one team in prime time you know in week x and then week x plus one we get them in a different prime time slot i would love to see like you know obviously we get what six teams in primetime every week with Thursday nights and then I'm Monday night football. I wanted different six teams every single week. Uh, but mm. no, we got the Steelers on Monday night football. So that means we have to get the Steelers on Sunday night football. They are in Vegas. Uh, I'm sure we'll get some like, you know, immaculate reception references and things like that. Uh, they are two and a half point dogs. I am going to say that this is my lock of the week. I do mm. not believe in the Raiders at all. Not one single bit. Um, and I know we all were maybe maybe we drank a little bit too much from the Steelers Cup in week one, and we were doubting the 49ers a bit. This is a little bit more about a lack of belief in the Raiders than it is like a proponent of a belief in the Steelers for me. Um, but I think that that's still enough to trust, you know, the lock and the Steelers to get the win here. Again, I'm getting points here. Um, I don't totally trust Kenny Pickett. I definitely don't trust Najee Harris, but I trust that Steelers defense to kind of overwhelm things, especially against a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo. So those are my two cents. My lock of the week. Steven, do you agree or think I'm a dummy? No, I agree. Um, it, it's The Raiders have been better than I thought they would be at the start of the season. Like Jimmy Garoppolo's looked more functional than I thought he would be. So like credit to them for that. But their defense is not good. They can't generate pass rush. I don't know what's going on with Chandler Jones um, and and all of that. 
I've mentioned before, Josh McDaniels just seems like he's not a great guy and not like a guy that people really <laughs> like playing for. Um, so I'm just going to bet against them whenever I have the opportunity to do so. And, you know, Kenny Pickett has kind of been a bummer this season. Like I expected mm. a lot more out of this Pittsburgh Same. offense, but the showing that they put out last week against the Browns defensively, it's like, that's why, how they're going to win games. That's how Mike Tomlin's going to keep his 500 record intact and things like that. So I think it's another opportunity for the Steelers defense to really show up. And so I'll, I'll take the Steelers and the points. Yeah. I'm going to keep it simple. I mean, do you feel better about Mike Tomlin getting two and a half points or Josh McDaniel covering two and a half points? Like I think, I, you know, I think you could very much like the Steelers outright in this game. I'll certainly take them getting two and a half points. Uh, give me the Steelers. Um, so I know that we normally offer only one sentence on Monday Night Football, but each of these games, I think, requires a little bit more than that, especially because the Eagles are playing and Brandon, you're here. Sure. Uh, plus, Brandon, you do still have your zap. Um, so we do have the two, just as a reminder, True. of course, uh, we have two Monday Night Football games. Uh, first one in our list here is the Eagles visiting the Buccaneers. Uh, Eagles laying five points on the road. The Bucks, Brandon, are 2-0. and oh. I haven't seen what I thought I would like. The, can the Bucks pull it off? Maybe that'll happen all day on Monday. Uh, but this seems like it should be an easy win for the Eagles, even though they've had a little bit of kind of stutter stop start to the season. Hmm. Yeah, the Eagles have had a long layoff here from playing last playing on Thursday night football. Also, that's another reason why I want to take the Vikings from earlier. I meant to mention that they have extra rest going into that game against the Chargers. But the Eagles have some extra rest here going into this game. Um, they have a number of they have what 12 total players on the injury report. Some of those guys were limited. I think they're they're going to get some guys back, including James Bradbury. Um Bakers look good so far this year, and I, and I don't think that's a total mirage. I don't know that I expect the Eagles to just roll because we haven't seen that passing offense click yet, and I kind of want to see it before I fully believe it's just definitely going to happen. I think it can get there. I believe in it ultimately. I just don't know exactly when that moment will be. Could be this week. Uh, it makes me a little bit nervous that Todd Bowles has had success against Jalen Hurts in the past and limiting him. So that kind of worries me there when it comes to we're, we're talking about the spread. I do think the Eagles will win this game, just like we talked about or I talked about. It's hard for me to envision the Bill Belichick Patriots being 0-3. It's hard for me to envision the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Bowles, who I like as a defensive mind for sure but head coach a little more iffy and then uh baker mayfield being three and oh i don't think the bucks have looked so great this season that i definitely seeing them be there so i'll take the eagles to win and i'll take him to cover but i would honestly i would not touch this line i don't feel as confident in taking them to cover i think i'm more confident in you in the eagles mm. and the points here because yeah, the Bucs are fun. It's 2-0. Bakers look solid. And the Bucks' defense has actually been legitimately impressive through two weeks. But offensively, Baker Mayfield hasn't faced anything like he's going to see against this Eagles defensive line. And mm -hmm. they're already not a very good running team. And the Eagles have been great against the run so far this season. So you know they are not going to be able to run the football in this game. Baker's going to have to throw. And... I just think that's a recipe for the Eagles to easily win, put a ton of pressure on him, give him a lot of problems. I'm pretty confident in the Eagles against the Bucks. Yeah, I know the Eagles haven't looked great this year, um, like at least like their 2022 selves, but they are great at, you know, if you make mistakes, just letting you kind of drown yourself in them, um, which we saw against Minnesota last week. And I, I could see this being a game where Baker's like trying to press. Maybe, they, maybe they're down 10 points or something like that, and he's really trying to force, and it just kind of mounts and then gets overwhelming. And it's one of those, like, I, I saw um, 
I think it was a Benjamin Solak tweet during the Vikings game, PLG. It was like, there was something like five minutes ago in game clock, the Eagles were up by three points and then they were up by like 17 <laughs> or something like that. Like it's just, it can happen in the blink of an eye as far as the game clock is concerned. I could see that being uh, kind of the phenomenon that's here. So I'll lay the points. Uh, finally, the only reason I thought this was relevant, um, the LA Rams are visiting the Cincinnati Bengals in the other Monday night football game. There is some hesitation yeah. as to whether, okay, well, I was in, in context <laughs> for everyone, Joe Burrow might not play, but I'm still going to take the Bengals and lay the points. Reason so, it was was signed to, to their practice squad on yeah, Friday. That's what I want. That's Eagle important. Quarterback, important right. context. And Will Greer is now on the Patriots, uh, who was on the Bengals practice squad. It's another one of these situations where it's hard to envision the Bengals being zero and three, right? Um, but the Rams will look good. Like how are the how are honestly like how are the I think I think you have to trust the line here. I think if the Bengals are being favored like this, Vegas knows something that's telling you something. It seems too good to be true because the Rams have obviously looked a lot better than the Bengals have this year, and the Burrow thing hanging over everything. I think that the Bengals need this win. They need to find a way to win. They need to keep their season alive. I still think they're going to be a factor in AFC. Ultimately, I don't think this is some horrible year for them. So maybe I'm a sucker, but I will take the Bengals. I think the line is telling me that they're going to win this game. I'm going to take the Rams and wow. and take the points. Um, they've just been so impressive. The Rams have like Sean McVay is cooking this season. And mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford looks like old Matthew Stafford. And, you know, their defense super suspect outside of Aaron Donald. You can't name very many players on the Rams defense, but offensively they've been great through two games and the Bengals haven't been particularly good defensively. Like they haven't been that impressive for a team that has been underrated defensively over the last couple of years, plus the burrow stuff and the injury mm. and just everything. Like it, it just feels like until they give burrow time to heal this thing isn't going to work properly. And through two weeks, I don't have a lot of faith in the Cincinnati Bengals and what Joe Burrow, the Joe Burrow that has shown up in the last two weeks. Like, I, I just don't have faith in it. So I'm going to take the Rams in an upset. Um, I want you to both know that I'm going to abide by this app. So this isn't related to the game, but uh, the Rams are so boring and inconsequential. If the Cam Akers thing, he finally got dealt, obviously, happened to any other team, it would be like a national story every single day. Like, it would be the most talked about thing in the world. But, like, nobody cares about the Rams. Similarly, if a coach covered the spread in the final seconds of a game the way that Sean McVay did, if if Mike McCarthy called that or Nick Sirianni or Andy Reid, it would be the most – it would be the headline story for three straight days. But it's like, oh – uh, it happened of oh, Cam Akers. Like he's never going to play for this team again. And we finally traded him. Like they are the most like, Oh, isn't it cute how the Rams covered? Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like it's, That's what it's everyone was un- saying. It was like, yeah, it's we love the Rams. For- like, like yeah. they're, they're not, they're not a real team. Like they're just, you know, they're just a, a thing that exists. So um, I, I was thinking about that this week. What is the point? What is the, truly the point of kicking the field goal at the end of the game there? Like what, what is the I point? Mean, Your kicker could get hurt, one. right? I guess right. unless right. you're thinking, well, your offense could get hurt, you're preventing, but like, I don't know. It's just so bizarre. And obviously, uh, not, it's, it probably doesn't come into play in reality, but in, in theory, if you go down the line of like all the tiebreakers, like points scored at take. some point is like one of those. So, like, in theory, you should want to go for more, though. Like if, if it doesn't matter anyway, you're going to win or lose. Why not go for the more points? I mean, if you, you can argue that a field goal is like a more probable thing than a touchdown at that point. So, like, but if, if McVeigh had said that, right, and McVeigh had been like, look, we were going to lose. I just wanted points because you never know, whatever. Then the, this is squash. But his like word salad explanation mm. was stupid. And that's, you know, whatever. Steven, I can't believe you believed in these f- losers and frauds. I believe in Puka Nakua and Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah. He's worth believing in. All right. All right. 
Um, we've done it all. Same game parlay, locks of the week, trash the Rams, uh, trash the Bears. Um, as we leave, Stephen, we've talked about Chipotle. We've talked about uh, canes and what was it called? Zaps or strips or whatever. Um, we should open Zaps. up a place called Zaps. We should do that. I mean, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> Um, actually, that's what I would like to do, Stephen. Um, if we opened a restaurant called Zaps, what would the like marquee item on the menu be, and why? Mm, I don't know Zaps. Um, I mean, I feel like it's got to be it's got to be like something fried or something like that, right? I don't know. Maybe this is a branding question. Have you guys ever what had is- Zaps uh, chips? There's there's a like brand of potato chips called Zaps and they make Okay, we're living uh, in a fictitious style. world right now. We're, we we are owning and operating a restaurant called Zaps. Uh, so what is the marquee item on our menu, Brandon? A marquee, marquee item is paella, obviously, since you're a big fan of that. What? You love a paella. <laughs> How am I a big fan of this? I don't think I've ever you said that. Talk about it. You, ever... you always say it. You always talk about it. When you talk about you and Pete went to Miami and you had it and it was so great. <laughs> yeah, Pete and I say that because we had it together. What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, you love it. You this always is a bring really it up. Embarrassing thing. Um, I was thinking it has to be like like something that's like on fire, like a like a kind of a um, a sparkler that it's served that way. So it's like zapping when you, when people bring it to the the table. You know what I mean? Like like a that's skewer. You know, it's like zapping while you shock tarts. They were good. Thank you. Serve them. Yeah, we get we got to work on the zap part that is incorporated with the food. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Tgif.